Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, where you'll get the latest trends and business initiatives that help your law firm every day. Hear from the experts setting the standards for the legal, insurance, and law enforcement industries. The Legal Toolkit is brought to you by Catuno Court Reporting and Stantel Transcription, a New England-based business serving the legal community nationwide since 1966. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Welcome back for another edition of the Legal Toolkit on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could come in and listen today. My name is Jared Correa, and I am the Law Practice Management Advisor with Mass Lomap, providing free and confidential consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on Lomap service offerings, visit www.masslomap.org or check out our blog. Just type Lomap blog into Google, and it'll be your first result. The Legal Toolkit is brought to you by Catuno Court Reporting. To find out more about Catuno services, including affordable options for compliance with the new Massachusetts data privacy laws, visit www.catuno.cc. On the Legal Toolkit, at each monthly episode, we pluck from our vast collection of practice management information to provide you with another tool to add to your toolkit so that your practices can become more and more representative of best practices. The protection of client data is fast becoming a matter of national concern. In Massachusetts, there's a strict data privacy law that went into effect on March 1. The new law requires, among other things, the creation of a written security program and the encryption of certain devices, documents, and information transfers. And both electronic and paper records are affected by the law. So how do you protect your client's private information? We're going to talk about one useful option for doing that today, and that is email encryption. And joining me today to do that is attorney James F. Brashear, General Counsel for Zix Corporation. Zix is an organization on the forefront of the provision of email encryption software. Mr. Brashear joined Zix Corp. in February 2010 as Vice President, General Counsel, and Corporate Secretary. Mr. Brashear was most recently a partner at the law firm of Haynes & Boone, LLP. Jim, welcome to the Legal Toolkit. Thanks, Jared. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience. Great. Um, so we'll jump right into it here. Um, if you would, uh, speak a little bit about uh, the encryption requirement and the law, and tell me, when I send an email including the protected sensitive information. At what point should that email be encrypted? That's a great question, Jared. There's a new Massachusetts regulation, uh, 201-CMR-17.00, that essentially requires the encryption of all transmitted records and files containing personal information that will travel across public networks, uh, plus the encryption of all data containing personal information to be transmitted wirelessly. So the regulation as to email looks at the messages that will travel across public networks. And the, the issue, of course, is well, what does will travel mean? Does that mean that the email has to be encrypted from desktop to desktop, from the minute you compose a message uh, to the minute the recipient on the other end receives the message? Or does it mean that the email only has to be encrypted as it's traveling over the Internet or, or another open network? Uh, from our perspective, it, it seems that there are a lot of, lot of uh, potential reasons that an email composed reaches the enterprise email server and is not actually transmitted over a public network. It could be a message to your colleagues, for instance, that never reaches the Internet, or there could be an error in the, in the, the way the message is addressed or, or some other factor that prevents it from actually uh, reaching the public network. So. T- 
to our way of thinking, the encryption needs to take place at the enterprise email server before the message is transmitted over the public network. That's the only point at which you know that it, it will travel um, across a public network. And of course, when the email passes outside of your enterprise network, it's subject to all of the security threats that exist um, in the internet and the fact that it passes through multiple servers that, that are out of, uh, out of your control. So whenever you send an email with personal information affecting Massachusetts residents, and, and even when you're sending confidential messages generally, uh, from our way of thinking, the message and its attachment should be secured in transit via encryption. Certainly sounds like a fair assessment. Now, now let's talk a little bit about the small business person. What kind of breaches can a small business be exposed to? Well, most of what you read about in the uh, news media are data breaches that uh, result from stolen laptops, the failure to encrypt information um, at rest on portable devices um, that can be uh, moving um, outside of the, of the business enterprise. You also read sometimes about um, uh, hard copy records that have been uh, inappropriately uh, disposed of without shredding or other destruction. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's a big problem for um, small businesses, medium businesses, and large businesses in managing the confidentiality and, and privacy requirements um, in all of the, the ways that, they can, that, they're, that they're maintaining data. Um, you know, one example of a potential for uh, data transmission is the use of social media networks by um, employees at entities that are subject to these requirements uh, that, you know, the employees need to understand that um, all of the ways that they communicate information um, that may be um, protected information um, needs to be done in a way that preserves the, the privacy of uh, Massachusetts residents and, um, and certainly the confidentiality of uh, business information. And, of course, the biggest um, way that, that information is communicated in business today and uh, likely to remain the largest way of communicating information in the future is email. Uh, that email is part of our everyday lives, whether we're sitting at our desktops at the office, whether we're sitting at our home computers, and increasingly as we move about um, through, uh, through the city with our mobile devices, uh, we're you know, sending and receiving emails all the time. Um, use of email devices uh, mo mobile devices for email is one of the the biggest uh, uses of uh, smartphone devices. So, um, you know, according to the research that we've seen, there are close to a billion workers worldwide who use email communications um, to uh, conduct business, and and they're sending and receiving something on the order of 130 messages each day. Um, and many of those messages could potentially contain confidential information or uh, information um, that is uh, private about an individual that, that should be protected, whether uh, it's uh, mandated by uh, regulation or just as a matter of good business principles and protecting the business reputation of, uh, of your small business uh, in, in, uh, in order to uh, demonstrate to your customers that you are concerned about protecting their privacy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in this context where everyone's using technology and where it's beginning to become regulated, what's a reasonable expectation for privacy according to the courts? Well, it, it, it's interesting that I think most 
uh, U.S. consumers, and, and many, you know, will see, for example, the legends that you often see at the bottom of emails, Jared, that say um, th- that this is protected by, um, you know, federal law, mm-hmm. uh, that they have an, an expectation that uh, information that they transmit over the Internet um, is is secure and that it is um, going to be uh, protected from the eyes of third parties who are not the intended recipients of that information. Um, the reality is that the, the law, um, at least uh, in a criminal context, considers your email information to be much like a postcard uh, that is, is traveling through the mail and, and, in fact, maybe even having less protection about the content uh, being exposed to third parties than a postcard in the mail. Um, so, um, you know, the, while the Electronic Communications Privacy Act and, and some state wiretap laws, I think, create an expectation in individuals that the content of their email communications is completely secure and private, that's not, that's not the reality. That's fairly alarming. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit the solution. Should people be encrypting every email that they send? Well, um, it certainly w- would be the safest thing to do. Um, it's probably not necessary. There's a lot of information exchanged in, in email, of course, that is neither confidential um, nor private, nor you know, not subject to regulation in any way. Now, an interesting aspect of that, though, is that increasingly individuals are uh, using email services that are uh, what they say in the cloud. And that means that your messages are, are not all downloaded to your desktop and and thereafter unavailable on the internet. Mm-hmm. Instead, increasingly, messages are stored on the internet um, and are therefore available to third parties who might um, search that information. Uh, there was a controversy um, uh, uh, recently in which a large provider of, of cloud-based email services was uh, scanning the message content of uh, email messages in its uh, possession for purposes of doing behavioral advertising for the senders. Mm-hmm. So when you think about all of the types of information about you that's contained in all of your email traffic, you can see that a third party can determine a lot of information about you, about your lifestyle, your memberships and organizations, your social network, um, the kinds of products and services that you, um, you know, that you purchase on the internet. Um, your memberships and subscriptions to websites that are all confirmed via email. Uh, just a ton of information, Jared, that, you know, it's, it's not your Social Security number. It's not your driver's license number. But it's probably a lot of stuff that you would rather third parties don't see. Yeah, hopefully nobody finds out about my subscription to Cosmo. <laughs> um, so, so we've addressed the small business issues here. Is there a gateway solution that could work for a larger organization? Sure. There are encryption solutions for both large and smaller businesses. Um, we're very proud of our gateway solution, which is called Zix Gateway. Um, and Zix Gateway offers full content scanning of uh, the message subject, the message text, and all of the attachments. And that scanning um, compares the content of the message to a compliance-based policy that your organization would develop with, with Zix Corporation, um, where we would uh, look at all of your messages, determine whether those messages contain information that should be protected, whether it's uh, 
patient information for a healthcare company, or it's uh, customer information for a financial institution, or it's other confidential information that's important to your business. Mm -hmm. And if that information uh, is contained in the body or in the attachments or subject line of your email, that message is automatically encrypted. So you don't have to rely on on, uh, a written policy that you've provided to your employees. You don't have to rely on them remembering um, to encrypt information going outside of your organization. Uh, it's just done automatically so that you are much more assured of, uh, of complying with uh, requirements for data privacy protection for consumers. Um, and, and the other aspect of that, Jared, is that you can do the same thing on the inbound side. Um, a lot of, of our healthcare customers are concerned about information that they're receiving from third parties that they deal with in their uh, business associate network. Um, and you know, we can provide, in effect, an audit function through Zix Gateway Inbound that looks at the message content coming from your business associates, determines whether they're taking the right steps to protect information, and then uh, enables your business to respond appropriately by contacting those third parties and suggesting that they improve their uh, data privacy um, uh, procedures. So it looks like you can just uh, work encryption through your general workflow. So is there an application through Outlook that this interfaces with? Yeah, the great thing about about our, our encryption solutions is that from the end user's standpoint, um, if, if you are within an enterprise using a gateway solution, this is totally transparent to you. You, you have no idea um, other than a, a footer at the bottom of the email that the email was ever encrypted and decrypted. Uh, that uh, as, as you compose and send the email, when it reaches the, uh, the gateway server, it is automatically encrypted, transmitted across the uh, unsecured public network, reaches its destination, the gateway de-encrypts it and delivers the message in the clear with all the attachments uh, to the end recipient in a completely seamless and transparent way. For, for users who, who don't use the gateway, mm-hmm. there, there are applications, and we have one called Zixmail, um, and, and other variants of it uh, that fully integrate with Microsoft Outlook um, so that you can, um, as you're composing a message, uh, make a decision about encrypting that message and then transmit that message securely um, over the Internet. Um, and, and, and for customers who are on the receiving end, so the, the the individual that you're addressing in your message, if, if they're not a subscriber to um, one of our encryption services, then they have the ability to um, go to a portal and read the message in a secure fashion, or we can push the message to them so that they can open it on a one-time basis in their in their uh, email application. Great. Now, how about folks who use mobile phones and uh, do their email on mobile phones and use mobile applications? Yes, that's an obvious need, uh, Jared, and you're exactly right, because there's uh, just a a tremendous upswing in usage of of mobile devices. Um, Email is the main content type that's accessed by 44% of mobile Internet subscribers using their smartphones. So you got lots of folks out there using their BlackBerry or their iPhone um, to read their business email or personal email. And uh, so increasingly, you need to be concerned about um, how you keep um, secure content on email that's being pushed out over the internet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we offer solutions that um, allow users of, of those smart devices 
to um, access those communications through a portal so that the information is never actually on the device so that if you um, uh, lose your mobile device or, or your phone is stolen, uh, those things do happen, that there's no unprotected content on the phone. Great. And so let's uh, turn the page for a moment and talk about HIPAA compliance. How are medical conversations protected now with the recent changes to HIPAA? Well, you know, under the High Tech Act, um, you know, increasingly uh, healthcare providers are concerned about the the, the way that they are storing and transmitting uh, protected um, health information um, and exchanging that information with uh, third parties that are in their provider network. So their pharmacies, their labs, uh, insurers, um, and, and other outside business associates. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion about using uh, so-called EHRs um, to, uh, to, to to exchange information within this community of users, and we expect that um, as we move toward electric health record uh, keeping in these networks, that the amount of electronic um, PHI, um, you know, patient information mm-hmm. is just going to going to increase. Um, there's a big push in government to um, to try to increase the efficiency of the, he- the healthcare uh, community by um, encouraging the use of electronic health records. So, with all of this data exchange taking place, you have to you have to look at well, how do people actually communicate information? Uh, and you know, certainly email is a, a huge um, channel for the transmission of this information, particularly to smaller providers. Mm. So you've got much more information going out, a heightened risk of, of breach uh, because of the transmission of, of electronic information. Um, and, you know, healthcare providers, you know, um, need to, to, to take into consideration how they're going to protect that information. And, and under the high-tech um, rules, using email encryption uh, in transmitting that that data uh, is is uh, a way of avoiding a data breach notification that, in effect, using encryption methodology that's approved under the rule provides you with a safe harbor mm-hmm. from um, the data breach notification requirements. So, you know, to us, it seems like this, you know, the smart thing to do for um, anybody who's exchanging um, PHI in, in uh, electronic form is to encrypt that information as it's being transmitted over open networks. All right. Now, most of the consternation about these rules and regulations refer to online content or content that's traveling wirelessly. How about data privacy offline? Is there a concern about financial information? And how about the disposal of information and devices? Yes, exactly. There, you know, the, you, you probably uh, heard about recently uh, attention that's being paid to data stored on digital copying machines mm-hmm. that... Um, you know, a lot of uh, businesses don't really understand all of the places that uh, digital information is captured and stored, um, e- even on a temporary basis with their, within their organization. So you have, you know, a business leasing a, a digital copier. The copier comes off lease and is returned to the, um, the, the leasing company. Uh, that copier's uh, hard drive contains. Uh, hundreds of patient records, and suddenly you have a data breach situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you know, there are other situations, um, you know, information that resides on phones that are turned, you know, either lost or turned back in after, um, after the uh, subscription expires um, that create similar problems. The, the biggest problem, though, that, that we see in the media 
is um, stolen or lost um, computers, particularly laptop computers that uh, have confidential information, whether it's patient information or consumer um, personal information. Um, and you know, the smart thing to do for businesses um, that are utilizing um, confidential or private electronic information is to encrypt that wherever it resides. Uh, if it's uh, on your hard drive or as you're transmitting it over the internet, if you follow encryption methodologies that are approved by the NTIA, you can be very secure in knowing that uh, that, that information is highly unlikely um, to become the subject of a data breach. So, Jim, you're probably tired. So we're going to return after a moment, after a short break, and we're going to talk more about email encryption and cloud security with Jim Brashear. Katuno Court Reporting and Stantel Transcription have been providing innovative dictation at transcription services since 1966. Our patented technologies and compliance solutions continue to set the standard for the legal community. Find out more about how we can create your legal toolkit at katuno.cc. That's C-A-T-U-O-G-N-O dot C-C or call 888-228-8646. Legal Talk Network has been producing award-winning legal podcasts since 2005. Subscribe to our RSS feed and start downloading today. It's free. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Welcome back to the Legal Toolkit on the Legal Talk Network. Today I'm joined by Attorney Jim Brashear, General Counsel at Zix Corporation. So, Jim, we've reached a lightning round portion of the show here. we got about four questions left, and we're going to look for about 30-second responses from you. I'll be timing you. Uh, first, let's talk for a moment about cloud computing and security. What's the expectation of privacy there? Well, Jared, as I mentioned earlier, increasingly um, individuals are using uh, cloud-based services for email provision, and, and more and more you're seeing uh, enterprises that are moving into the cloud for their uh, applications, including email, um, and you have to be aware that uh, you know th- that information is out there, out of your control, and subject to um, to use um, and viewing by third parties. So, um, you know, a great bit of advice to companies that are intending to use cloud computing services is to uh, scrutinize the terms of service with your provider and make sure that it's clear who owns the information what rights they have to view the information, and what rights they have to use the information, um, uh, you know, other than simply providing the services, services to you. So can you talk a little bit about the significance of the Rayburg versus Paul case, which focused on the Fourth Amendment's application to email communications? Sure. The, the, um, the Rayburg case was a case out of the 11th Circuit in March of this year. Um, as, as you uh, indicated, it, it's a Fourth Amendment case, so it's it's a case that arises in a criminal context. And the, the case um, holding suggests that, at least in that context of a criminal investigation 
under the Fourth Amendment's protection against unreasonable search and seizure, that an individual loses any reasonable expectation of privacy in emails, at least after the email is sent to and received by a third party. And that, I think that would be a big surprise to, uh, to most uh, individuals in the country that, mm-hmm. that they have no reasonable expectation of their privacy uh, in their emails. Um, so yeah, I, I think in, in this instance, you need to ask yourself, well, does that apply to encrypted mail? And I think the, the clear answer is, well, no, because uh, there's a different expectation of privacy mm-hmm. um, with respect to an encrypted message versus one that you've sent in the open over the Internet. Very interesting. Um, so let's, let's wrap up on a bottom line here. Um, what should be the major concerns for business owners out there? Well, the, the biggest concern, other than the cost of remediation in the event of a data breach and any fines that you may pay, is just the reputational risk to uh, the organization that mm-hmm. individuals um, may have a choice in their, their providers of healthcare services, financial services, um, and other services. And it really only takes one instance of a, um, a, a publicized data breach for individuals to feel. Uh, unsecure about their relationship with you and and lose their confidence in your ability to protect their information. Just look at um, all of the controversy surrounding Facebook and its treatment of, of private information mm-hmm. on that social network. Um, you know, you can uh, really lose a lot of business very quickly uh, if you are are not careful about protecting confidential information. Yeah, very true. It's a marketing question as well. Now, do you have any advice for medical and financial institutions or any businesses, really, who want more information on email encryption? Sure. Probably the best thing to do would be to go visit our website, which is www.zixcorp.com. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, um, not only for information about our company, but we uh, we uh, republish a lot of information about uh, changes in data privacy regulation, uh, data breaches, and so forth. Uh, on Twitter, uh, you can follow us at ZixCorp, or uh, you can follow me personally at J.F. Brashear, B-R-A-S-H-E-A-R. Great. I'll be following both of you as soon as I get back to the office. So that's about going to do it for this edition of the Legal Toolkit. Remember that you can check out all our shows on LegalTalkNetwork.com. I've got a very special thanks today to our guest, Jim Brashear, who joined us today to talk about email encryption. So, Jim, if listeners want to get more information, how would they reach you or uh, ZixCorp? All right. Well, they can reach me, at, uh, at, at, as I said, at uh, ZixCorp.com uh, via the website or at 214-370-2219. Great. Thanks so much, Jim. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Katuno Court Reporting. If you want more information about Katuno Court Reporting, visit www.katuno.cc. That's C-A-T-U-O-G-N-O dot C-C. And come back and join us next time on The Legal Toolkit. And go Celtics. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Legal Toolkit, brought to you by Katuno Court Reporting and Stantel Transcription, right here on The Legal Talk Network.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.